Well, good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, where even when I'm on the road, we get together and study God's Word. Amen. And yes, today I'm in Southern California. Kelly and I have been spending a little bit of time with some of our family members, and also I'll be getting ready to minister later tonight here in Southern California. So I'm having a good time in a word, and uh, I want to share some things that the Holy Spirit has been impressing upon my heart. And today, let's talk about something very important, because I believe that we're only a few weeks away from the coming new year, and God wants you to be positioned so that the great things that he wants to release in your life are not just temporary moments, but they are sustained glory levels. Praise God. And in order to do that, we need to talk about today's topic, which is the fragrance of order. Matter of fact, it's a very soothing fragrance, praise God. And this order or this structure is something that is very critical in your overall success and God's plan for your life and the many facets of it. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would breathe life and understanding into our hearts and let faith come alive and let us walk in the illumination, the understanding of the soothing fragrance of order. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you in Jesus' name, and we all say amen. Let's start today in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and... Let's drop down to verse 33 and verse 34. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. The Apostle Paul had the grace upon his life as a church planner, as a true apostle, to set things in order that were not yet established. And I believe also that this, I would call it even apostolic grace can touch us. Of course, it doesn't mean that everybody is an apostle, but yet that grace can touch you in the area of your life where you can govern your life with, we could call it divine, beautiful order. And here he's giving orders concerning the receiving of the Holy Communion. He also says, I'll set other things in order when I come. And he goes on to do that where he establishes doctrine concerning church leadership, the, the ordination of elders, the requirement that someone must meet in order to be an elder or a deacon. And of course, eventually out of those elders and deacons, somebody is going to be selected by the Holy Spirit to be raised up to be the pastor. And thus, before you know it, you have a church up and functioning and running and growing and becoming a beautiful expression of the Lord Jesus in the earth. But we see that God is a God of order. Let's turn over just for a moment to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and take a look at verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Well, again, we have a context. This context would be the, the doctrine or the putting in order of the exercise of the spiritual gifts, such as in verse 29. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. 
For you can all prophesy one by one. That is, in context is referring to those selected prophets. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And yes, unfortunately, I have been around some uh, prophetic imitators or uh, prophet imitators who jump up and give uh, some kind of an utterance in a meeting out of time, out of sync. And then they'll say later, I just couldn't help it. God overtook me. <laughs> no, it says here that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So you can control yourself lest we have total chaos there in the assembly of the saints. And again, the context is this, for God is not the author of confusion. So any time there's confusion, God is not originating that. That is coming from a person or a spirit influencing a person to bring confusion into the environment. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So God, my friends, is very, very big on order. And if you think about it, he's even bigger on order than he is on the spiritual gifts. Because if the spiritual gifts are operating like in a carnival circus type atmosphere, and then it starts going crazy in there, God will shut the whole thing down. Why? Because order is actually more important to him than the manifestation of the spiritual gifts. And we can go further with that uh, level of importance described here in just a few moments. But I think it's uh, important also to understand that really the origin of true order or structure is something that originates from God. By the way, what is order? Order is the accurate arrangement of things. It's everything in its place, everybody in their place, and it's the accurate arrangement of things. Think just for a moment about Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let me read that to us, because throughout the Bible, we see that God knows exactly what he's doing all the time. He's not second-guessing himself. He's not looking for a bailout plan. <laughs> He's got it all figured out from the beginning. Verse 1 of chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, so God created them. So I think what we need to do, particularly as you read through chapter 1 and chapter 2, is to watch the order of how God lays all of this out. Listen to these uh, interesting bits of information. Let me read this off to you. On day one, in the creation unfolding event, day one, God created light. Well, why would he do that? Because light is the primary requirement of life. There could be a few other things we can squeeze by for without a, maybe a day or two without them. But light, you have to have it up front immediate. And God knew that. That's why he created light first. Number two, on day two, God created the atmosphere or the sky. Day three, God created the dry ground and the plants and the trees. And on day four, God created the sun, the moon, and the stars. Day five, God created birds and all of the amazing sea creatures. Day six, God created the land animals and humans. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. And on seven, 
uh, the seventh day God rested, not because he was tired, because it's not like God is exhausting his energy or strength. He rested because creation is now complete. Woo! Praise the Lord. But here is a challenge that we can run into with our own lives. We, uh, for example, let's say that we want a giraffe and uh, God created those animals on day six, land animals on day six. So let's say we want a giraffe but we want it on day two. <laughs> but God's like, no, that's, that's the wrong time. That's the wrong place. Well, God, I want it on day two. Well, if God gave it to us on day two, what's going to happen? It's out of order. And because it's out of order, it doesn't have any oxygen and it doesn't have any grass to eat and it's just going to die. So when there is right order, then what we have in our lives will flourish and will prosper, and will also bring the appropriate happiness into our lives that we are desiring. Praise the Lord. So we have to go through the proper steps. I do think there's something about the nature of God where we either do it right or we shouldn't do it at all. Because when God does things, he always does it with excellence. He always does it right. Praise the Lord. So order allows us to express creativity on each step of perhaps what we could call our seven-day journey. So there's a sequence, there's an order, and we're going to follow that. Now, if you go in divine order, you will go in a type of forward progress where you're always moving forward. Because again, God knows exactly what he's doing. So we have to very carefully follow that order. Now, let's go deeper on this subject. A very important scripture. We've talked about this one before, but Psalm 115, and let's drop down to verse 14. Psalm 115. Now, we can get excited about this verse, but I think there are some things we need to understand so that we can actually live this verse properly. Praise God. Psalm 115, verse 14. May the Lord give you increase more and more. I told you this is a very exciting verse, but let's, let's try to get a better understanding that's not just a surface understanding. Let's go deeper. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, we just looked at the creation of heaven and earth that God made, and we saw that there was a logical order. God knew exactly what he was doing, all the way down to a subatomic level. Here it says, may the Lord give you increase more and more. My friends, I'm here today to tell you that order, order brings increase. Increase is actually a product of order. Think about that just for a moment. If you desire more and more increase, which is biblical, and you want to use it for the Lord's kingdom, if you desire more and more increase, then that means that you need to also desire more and more order in your life. Wow. Wow. Well, that's going to require some special attention. That's going to require something that we need to focus on. And so, because that's a good thing, increase more and more, 
then let's also increase in order more and more. Well, Pastor Stephen, that sounds like a little bit of work. Well, all of the promises of God, you know this, they're all accessed through faith. So let's use faith and let's put uh, work and efforts towards what has God has promised and made available for us. And let's take the effort to order our lives very carefully in a way that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You know, order can be uh, something that's just as simple as going into your cl uh, closet. And, you know, for guys, you know, you might have a whole bunch of ties. And, you know, after a while, you can only hang so many ties over like a shirt, uh, you know, clothes hanger garment. You've got to get something different. So you go down to these stores or go online and order one of those tie racks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can put all of your, maybe your purples on this tie rack and all of your orange ties or blue ties and, you know, just organize things and shoes. Seems like ladies like shoes a lot more than guys do. That's probably not uh, consistent across the board, but usually it is. But you know what? You've got your winter shoes. You have your summer shoes. You have uh, outdoor shoes. You have dress shoes. You could put your shoes in order. And on down, you can go from shirts to jeans to uh, pants, what's uh, for dress, what's for working out in the yard or whatever it might be. But you can begin to put things in order in your life from the smallest areas, even to larger, more critical areas. Now, this is something I want to try to really help you to see today that order is actually one of God's greatest passions. Um, even to the point where, again, with spiritual gifts, if they are not being operated in order, then the Holy Spirit, he will, he'll shut it down. He'll stop manifesting. And we need to have structure and order in the moving of the Holy Spirit. And let me just also give you another example of how important order is. So I'm thinking about a minister, this evangelist, who is very, very anointed. And he could really give quite an altar call. And when he gave the invitation for whoever wanted to receive Christ, people would just rush to the front to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But yet, even with that great soul-winning anointing, it's a little bit like a basketball game. You could have a star player on the team, but the coach can pull that player and set him on the bench. And that's kind of what God did for this minister. Why? Why did God pull him out of the game? Because it's like overnight, he like disappeared off the scene. I'll tell you why. Because there was something in his own personal life that God saw that was out of order. And God loved that man so much that he pulled him out of uh, evangelistic ministry and put him on the sideline until when? Until he got his personal life in order. So God is so concerned about order that he'll, he'll even take an evangelist who's effective off of the work of ministry and give them a time out because God wants that person's life to be in order more than he's concerned about that person going around winning souls, which of course is extremely important. But I uh, agree with what Dr. Billy Graham said many years back. He, said, and he was referring to Christians. And he said, God wants to win all of you before you win all of the world. In other words, he wants there to be surrender in your life and he wins all of your heart before you go out and try to win all the world 
when there are many, many compromised areas. Praise God. So God is very concerned. Uh, now, he's very patient, but he's very concerned about proper order in our lives. He's very, very big on it. I've had um, uh, some Christians tell me that God's highest passion would be worship. But I actually believe that God uh, wants order before worship because there's actually some types of worship that God won't even receive if they're out of order. And my friends, that's in the Bible. There are certain offerings uh, that if they were not done the right way under the Old Testament, the priest was not allowed to receive that offering. So we can be all into worship, which we should be, but if it's out of order also, maybe like you're trying to worship the Lord, but you've got unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, <laughs> right? Jesus said, you know, to those that would come to the temple to give an offering, but he said, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, just leave, leave your offering here. Come back and do that later, but go take care of the more important thing. In other words, get your life in order in a way that's pleasing to God, Oh, and then your worship can be acceptable unto the Lord. So God is huge on this area of uh, divine order. Um, divine order is actually more important to God than prosperity. Because think about Ananias and Sapphira. Yes, they lied to the Holy Spirit, but they were bringing, they were still bringing an offering. Now we know that they said they were bringing the whole offering and that was a lie. They were keeping some of it back. But the fact of the matter is, at least they were giving an offering, but what was wrong? It was not received by the Lord because it was out of order. Wrong motives, um, just uh, they had it all going in the wrong direction. So God is more concerned about order than many of these other things that are important, but they are not on the same level of preeminence like it is uh, these things. We want to make sure that we're pleasing the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So uh, you can make an argument, perhaps, that God's greatest passion is order, especially when you look at um, how big he is on this area. Praise God. Now, order produces comfort. Order produces joy. It makes you happy when everything is in its right place. And the fruit of order is multiplication and increase. I want to say that again, that order has a product or fruit that it bears, and the fruit of order is multiplication and increase. Now, of course, any Christian would say, hallelujah, I like multiplication, I like increase, but sometimes they're not too excited about order. But let's take a look at this, even in a day in the life of Jesus, and see if we can see this quality in him, because it's something that uh, he understood as well. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mm -mm. And let's go to verse 38. Verse 38. But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. Now, this is the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 men. That doesn't count the women and children. But this is that particular miracle. Verse 39, this is what Jesus did. Then he commanded them, that would be the disciples, to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. Okay, we don't need everybody standing up, moving around. Have everybody sit down on the grass, not on the rocks, not on the, not, not on the cactus, 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> They're on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks, in hundreds, and in fifties. And that was done intentionally. The larger the group that you're dealing with, the larger, look, the larger the numbers that you're dealing with, the more order you need. If you have chaos with the checkbook and you're trying to balance uh, and you're trying to work with a budget of $2,000 and you're, you're getting that all confused and uh, uh, having overdraft charges and things like that, can you imagine what's going to happen when you put a few more zeros on the end of that? It's going to go from a small problem because people think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it figured out on the big problem. No, what happens is the big problem creates more chaos because it's not figured out on the basic foundational levels. And Jesus has them all sit down and sit down in groups. That way, when we pass the food out, we know who's eaten. We know who we have served. We know who we have not served. And we have some structure here so that we can know what's going on. Praise God. So Jesus is the God of order. We see it very, very clearly. And that leadership requires that we have the ability to organize, the ability to ministrate, and that's going to that's gonna require us to really get sharp on this area of order so that things go as smoothly as possible. So smooth that people don't even really notice until it's all accomplished and done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Often we think that increase, uh, that increase multiplication is what creates pleasure. And, and of course, there's an element of, of pleasure in that. I mean, if you get a big raise at work, what if they said, I'm going to, we're going to triple your salary at work. <laughs> you're like, you'd be like, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, things like that. Uh, so increase, yes, it, it brings pleasure, but really that's actually a small portion of what's creating that pleasure. If you stop and analyze it, and look at it carefully, you know what's actually creating the majority of that pleasure or that happy feeling? It's order. <laughs> it's the order. It's not so much the increase because I've, I've known people who've had great increase. You probably have too. And yet their lives fall apart. And you think, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it does because if they have the increase, but there's never a part of their life that's ordered with God. And there are big chinks in the armor. In other words, their life is out of order where suddenly when that increase comes, it can actually uh, just, it'll start to magnify that weak area. You know, I was thinking about Robin Williams, the American actor. Some people said he was probably the, uh, the greatest actor all time in American history. I never really watched his TV shows. I didn't connect with it, but I knew his reputation as being a funny man. I actually heard a few of his jokes through the grapevine, and yeah, they were pretty funny, but he was a man considered by media historians as being the funniest comedian of all time, of all American comedians, and yet behind the scenes, he's severely depressed every single day to the point he actually committed suicide. What happened? Well, Pastor Stephen, he had all that increase. He had great multiplication and lots of money and fame. What happened? Something in his life was out of order. Now, he wasn't a child of God, but when you're a child of God, God loves you enough to pull you out of the game and give you a timeout and, get, and help you get healed. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. And we need to be sensitive to others because there are people around us often, and you see that they, they are struggling. And you, they think they need more money. Uh, but that uh, is usually, it, it's actually rarely the solution that they need. The solution is they need order in their lives. Woo, praise God. And then, then their lives will begin to become something very, very beautiful. Praise God. Increase without order for those that don't have that order. It actually can be very counterproductive to their overall well-being. So increase really doesn't produce the pleasure that oftentimes we attribute to it. That pleasure or that happy feeling comes from order. So there's the increase, but it's we're increasing in an orderly way. We, we have everything structured the way it should be. Everything is in its proper place, and it makes you feel happy in your spirit. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you probably have noticed this, that the smallest movement towards order creates pleasure in your life. It makes you happy, even if it's something small. Even if it's taking your car to the car wash and getting it cleaned, or you do it yourself at home. You just get a garden hose and bucket of soapy water, and you go to work. And 20 minutes later, your car looks good. And then you vacuum it, and you get a satisfied feeling on the inside. Why? You have put something that is under your stewardship in a better place of order. Praise God. You know, Kelly and I went through our closets the other day, and we looked at a lot of clothing, particularly like winter coats and things like that, that we had not worn in a while. And we just began to take all of that stuff out of our closets, and we put it in uh, some plastic trash bags. And we filled up two large plastic trash bags. Now, all of the clothing was clean. All of the clothing was folded, and we put it in those bags, and uh, we're going to take it to uh, Goodwill when we get back. You know, I've gone to Goodwill many times that have made uh, clothing donations, and what they'll do is they'll take that clothing, uh, and then in their stores there, they'll sell it to the, at very low prices to those that are poor, those that uh, need a good deal. So it's a blessing to Goodwill and uh, everything that they do to get people that have uh, you know, maybe addictions or they're recovering uh, to, to give them a job and so forth. And I was talking with one of the men at the good at the Goodwill that I locally go to uh, a few months back. And um, because when we give a, a donation, say it like it's clothing, uh, it's not uh, like old wore out socks with holes in it or stuff like that. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff that definitely can be used uh, uh, by somebody else and it'll be a blessing to them. But I asked the man that worked there, I said, out of all the stuff that gets donated here, I said, how much can you actually keep and resell? He said, well, do you see that trash bin over there? I said, yeah. He said, about 90%. He said, well, maybe 95% of everything that is donated here goes into that trash bin because most of it's junk. We can't resell it. People give us old wore out, you know, shoes and old wore out shirts and things like that. He said, we can't. Nobody wants that stuff. <laughs> so almost all of it, not all of it, but most of it is just going to get thrown away. Old wore out furniture that nobody wants and stuff like that. Um, but my friends, 
Um, it's a blessing when you have order in your life and you can be a blessing to others. It just goes down the, um, goes down the blessing line. Hallelujah. So we want to have that in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. I really do believe that God has attached pleasure to order. And I believe that when we are out of order, there's um, some kind of discomfort, uh, maybe even physically, because we realize something's off here and we need to rise up and deal with that. You don't, you don't, want, to, you don't want to live your life in an um, uneasy, maybe like agitated type mode. You want to fix that. You don't want to kneel down and try to pray, but you keep glancing over at the kitchen sink and the dishes are piled up and they haven't been washed in three days. And the longer they sit there with all of that goop on them, the harder it's going to be eventually to get it off. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, God knows. Well, yes, but when you put things in order, then it's easier to pray. Then it's easier to get into the Spirit. Why? You've got the things done that you are supposed to accomplish. Everything in its place, right time, right place. Praise God. So, Jesus, while he didn't like teach a subject uh, like our sermon on the subject of order, he did um, make some phenomenal statements concerning it from time to time. How about this one? This is maybe um, one of the most well-known verses in the Bible, and I'm going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. You probably know this one by heart. Jesus said, but seek first, not second, third, or fourth. Notice the order of importance, but seek first the kingdom of of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So there is a first order that God laid out. Well, what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's God's way of doing things. It's what makes the Holy Spirit happy. And if you go after that first, then you'll put your life in divine order and everything will be begin to line up the way that God wants it to line up. Praise the Lord. And I, I believe there's actually spiritual laws that are attached to this pursuit of order. Let me give you an, an example. Um, I was thinking earlier this week about the scientist. His name is Dmitry Mendeleev. Many of you have heard of him, especially if you have a chemistry or science background. But Mr. Mendeleev, uh, was born in Siberia, Russia, and he was the last of 14 children. Some uh, historians say that uh, 14 children, but most think he was the last of, the, of 17. But either way, he was the youngest of all of them, and he was born in 1834, and his mother was a very godly woman. She poured her heart into all of her children, but especially she noticed that there was something uh, special about Dimitri, that he had a, like a scientific, analytical-type mind. So uh, she gave him a scripture that became, for him, like a guiding scripture throughout his life. And that's from Proverbs 25, verse 2. Let me read that to you. Proverbs chapter 25, and that is verse 2. Praise the Lord. Here's the verse that he guided his life with. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, 
but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. So God conceals things on purpose to stir up in us this passion to somehow uncover it and unveil it. And uh, it's just uh, God's way of doing certain things. And um, this, is a, this is a scripture that became very important to him. Um, his mother moved him and the other children. His father died at a young age. But his mother moved him and the others to, well, she actually wanted to move them to Moscow. But when they moved to Moscow and she tried to get him into the university, they said, no, this university is out of his area. Uh, area. This is not his jurisdiction. He's got to go somewhere else. So she ended up going to St. Petersburg and he got enrolled there in university. And she used her last remaining money to get him established. And actually, once he graduated, she got pneumonia and she died. But in a sense, she had accomplished what she wanted, which was pouring her heart into him so that he could um, hold to these scriptures and use them as a guidepost throughout his scientific career journey. Now, Mr. Mendeleev was really fascinated with the elements. Uh, at that time in his life, 63 of them had been discovered. And when you look at the elements, you're looking pretty much at the, at the list of the ingredients of the recipe of what God created the physical universe with. And he was absolutely fascinated with these elements. And he knew there were more, but he did not know how to organize them. And so what happened in his life is that he made these little cards. And on each card, he would write the name of the element and on the back side of it, he would write this, uh, the symbol and he would write the characteristics and the information, such as the atomic weight of that element. And he would get these 63 cards and he would look at them and he would study them. And he still, though, he could not put them in an order that he felt would be useful to the advancement of science. And nobody else could up to that point either. And it puzzled him. Now, I want to read something about how God showed him how to put in order these elements. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit can help you put your life in divine order also. Remember, God is not the God of confusion. He is, um, he is the God of order. Praise God. So listen to this. I, I, I want to read just a little bit about this man's story. Praise God. Now, these cards that Mendeleev had created, he took them with him everywhere he went. On February the 17th, 1869, right after breakfast, and with the train to catch later that morning, Mendeleev set to work organizing the elements with his cards. He carried on for three days and nights, forgetting the train and continually arranging and rearranging the cards in various sequences until he noticed some gaps in the order of atomic mass. Now, so he did begin to realize there is, there's got to be a structure or a way to order these, but he still, he just couldn't get it. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit can put your life in an order that makes you happy, but most importantly, makes God happy. And trust me, when God's happy, it doesn't matter if everybody's unhappy with you, you'll be happy because you're pleasing God and everything is going to flow in a good way in your life.
Now, this is what happened to him. As one story has it, and this is the story that's accepted by the scientific community, as one story has it, Mendeleev, exhausted from his three-day effort, fell asleep. He later recalled, now this is his own personal testimony, he later recalled, I saw in a dream a table where all the elements fell into place as required. Awakening, I immediately wrote it down on a piece of paper. He named his discovery, and I'm going to put it up on the screen now, he named his discovery the periodic table of the elements. My friends, that chart, that table of, of elements that you're looking at is what God showed him in a dream, and nobody has been able to improve upon it since then. This is the highest level of order. Now, understand when he saw this, he only saw 63 of them, but he did see slots or blanks where others would eventually be inserted, and he even, ahead of time, could predict by looking at that chart that there's got to be spaces where this one fits in and this one, he even called them in advance because he could, he could understand by their atomic weight and some other uh, characteristics that there's got to be some others. And he was right. He predicted four and all four were discovered within 15 years. Woo, praise God. Amen. But what happened? God put uh, that table in order. And God allowed a man to see something that no man had ever seen before. Now, we have quite a few more elements that have been discovered since then. Some of them are synthetic. Some of them are highly radioactive, but they have been discovered. And who knows, there could be uh, some others, maybe some type of uh, metal or mineral that's on another planet that, or a meteorite that hasn't yet been discovered. Matter of fact, iridium, which is element number 77, is very often found, not so much here on the earth, but in meteorites. So if you ever have one, a meteorite that lands in your backyard or somewhere close by, like on your property, it would be very, very good to make sure that you put that for sale on eBay. <laughs> because there's people, there's buyers all over the world uh, particularly in Asia and Japan, that would pay very high prices for uh, that big rock. Praise the Lord. But my friends, what I'm trying to say is that God, who has helped many scientists move forward when they were stumped and they could not get something figured out, he would show them divine order. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to show you how to structure and order your life. What's the priority focus of your life? Okay, so your life, your career, for some of you, your business, for others, your ministry, where you put things in an order that makes God happy. Woo, praise God, because it's the Holy Spirit's order for your life. And so I believe that when you do this, you're going to see its product, which is what? Increase and multiplication. Praise God. Now lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching today, that you bring them into an order with their life where things are lined up the right way, where they seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. You're going to begin to add all of these things that the Gentiles are grasping for, or in other words, those that are outside of Christ are grasping for. And Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are going to help them to experience the growth, the increase, and the expansion that they know 
belongs to them as this order is structured in a way that puts a smile on your face. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. You know, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, or maybe you are a Christian, once were a Christian, but now you have fallen away from the Lord, my friends, you need to live for the Lord. You need to surrender and give your life to the Lord because that creates divine order. Remember, if you're not in God's order and you're in darkness, you are over in the camp of chaos. You are being led by the prince of darkness. And anytime you get in darkness, you can't see where to go. Your life is not going to have the structure. Even if you feel like you're making great progress in your career field, if you don't have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's something you don't know. There is a, a table of order that you're not allowed to see. You're actually not permitted to see it. You must see it through the grace of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So I want to give an, an opportunity for you to give your heart to Jesus, and Jesus will save you right now, right where you're at. Pray this prayer after me. Those of you that would be unsaved and those of you that have fallen away from the Lord, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, my life without you is out of order. Jesus, I surrender my life now to you, to your lordship, to your order. Jesus, wash me with your blood. Wash all of my sins away and write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me now. In your name I pray, amen. And amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Something beautiful is happening to your life. And that's also why so many of you, you're going to feel so good. Why? Order. Order produces joy. It produces uh, these wonderful feelings of deep inner peace. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you can have, you can have peace with God. And that comes through salvation, through uh, receiving the work that Jesus accomplished at Calvary for us, putting our trust in him. So you can have peace with God, but there's a deeper peace, and that is the peace of God. And you can't have the peace of God when your life is crazy. <laughs> you can't have it. You can have peace with God, but the peace of God, that's a product also of order. Praise the Lord. All right, let's take Holy Communion together. Grab you some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab you some apple juice, whatever you can get. We're going to pray over it, okay? And get a little wafer, a little cracker, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it, and we set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is the blood of Jesus, and this is his flesh. Thank you, O God. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you, O God, that while we may want to make a big impact, oh God, you want to make a big impact in us. And Father, when we take the time, even if it feels like we're getting left behind because others are running, but if we take the time to have order, we thank you that we may move a, a little slower than what we would like, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a better end result. So we thank you, Father God, for these efforts to go to work in areas that need to be tightened up 
such as order. We thank you for it, even if it's physical, even if it's literally cleaning the closet or cleaning the back seat of the car or cleaning our lives in the area where we say, this does not make the Holy Spirit happy. This is getting cut off today. Father, we just thank you for establishing that order. We thank you for establishing it in us, and we thank you for the Holy Spirit, our guide, our guide leading us and showing us what pleases him. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's now receive the Lord's body. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we have all made mistakes where we have lived for ourselves instead of living for you. Father, we have all in the past have tried to order our lives the way we wanted it. But we thank you, Father, for yielding to the instructions and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you because of that, you're going to bring us to the highest levels of happiness and peace and joy, because we thank you things will now be on time. Things will now be at the right moment. Things will not be rushed or forced, but things will have that divine flow from day to day. Now, Father, we thank you, and we thank you that your Holy Spirit is working. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise God. Praise God. I do sense in my heart, there's two or three people watching me. You want God's order, but you do have an, an area of unforgiveness. And you're wanting to move forward, but you're trying to skip over something that has not been put in order. And you need to forgive somebody. And that person, I sense, is already out of your life. You may not even be able to reconnect or recontact that person, but you do need to forgive them. As a matter of fact, maybe they don't want to ever hear from you or, or something along that line. And um, maybe the person's not even alive anymore. But you do need to forgive the wrong that they did to you. Because remember, God forgave us. When we were sinners in Christ, God said, look, Jesus, I'm willing to let you die for them, uh, even though they're, they have hostility towards us and hatred towards us because they're lost in their sins. So Christ died for us while we were yet sinning against him. So my friends, forgive. As Christ has forgiven us, let us also forgive those who have sinned against us. And let us walk in the mercy and the forgiveness of the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So Father, we thank you. Divine order. We thank you that there is order for revival. Even as Elijah the prophet said, let us rebuild the altar and let us build it in order. So there's order for the fire to fall. There's order for revival. There's order for financial revival. We thank you, Father, for helping us to get structured in the, all of these various areas so our lives bring you glory. Now, Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, thank you for joining me today here in my hotel room in Southern California. I'll be flying back pretty soon to North Carolina. Always love coming home. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your prayers for my wife and I as we're hopping around the country. And this week, continue to have a blessed week. And I'll see you real soon again. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.